0: Welcome back to the Rundown Podcast. My name is Abe Hicks with my my main man Dylan Kearns here. How you doing, man? You are now a college graduate.
1: I am a college graduate. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Um, excited to talk baseball. Been taught, watching a lot of baseball as of late because like you said, college graduate, what else do I do there, Abe? You know, um, <laughs> I, I love the game of baseball. Fourth of July has come and gone, which means the All-Star uh, events are going to be taking place here soon. Trade deadlines are going to be taking place, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Yep, uh, we're going to we're going to talk about a lot of things
0: today, and uh, I'm excited to talk ball. Yeah, same here to everybody listening. I hope you guys had a fantastic uh, holiday weekend. I love the Fourth of July, hot dogs, hamburgers, swimming at the lake, or if you are around the lake or uh swimming a lot you know slushies s'mores the whole nine yards and baseball man it's just it's just a great great holiday hang out with family yada 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 well we have a lot for you on plate today uh there's a lot of things we want to discuss and get into uh we're really getting into the heart of the season like in two weeks it's the it's all-star break it's coming up soon
1: yeah, it is. And uh, I mean, he you, you, you said two weeks, right? You already got some starters that have been officially locked in uh, mm-hmm. to their respective spots. A couple of them still being fought for. Mr. Yeah. Alejandro Kirk making a hell of a push um, for being a backstop for the American League. But, you yeah. know, uh, you've always got your Trevino guy and many others yeah. that are competing. But I mean, there's there's a lot to, a lot on the line. They're excited to see the home run derby participants come out here in a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, that's going to be fun to see who all is going to be swinging the bat and putting on a show for the fans. Yeah, and just like you said, you know, there's a lot of surprising players that that will be making the All-Star game. Well, there's also a lot of surprising teams this year who have been playing really well above the expectations given to them before the season. And for me, that team is the Minnesota Twins. Uh, They are currently they're leading the AL Central. Uh, They have a plus 47 run differential. Uh, They're hitting. I think we. You know, formerly we used to look at the Minnesota Twins lineup as man, that you that's just a scary lineup you don't want to face. Obviously, they don't have Nelson Cruz anymore, they don't have Mitch Carver, they don't have Josh Donaldson anymore, some of those heavy hitters, but their bats are still really good. Uh for example, they are seventh in OPS, they're top ten in home runs, RBIs, and average, you know. Uh, i like the core they currently have with byron buxton carlos correa jorge polanco it's a lineup where you are very aware who is in what position and you have to pitch to them carefully for example byron buxton uh you know i'm a huge fan of him even though he has a low batting average of 226 he still has a war of 2.7 and an ops plus of 147 and we usually don't I mean, whenever you ever heard of the pitching of the Minnesota Twins, their their pitching has been very solid too. Their top ten in ERA, whip opponents' batting average. There's not a lot of big names in this rotation. I mean, Sonny Gray, Dylan Bundy, Chris Paddock, Kent Maeda, but they are holding it down. They they don't have an ace, but they're doing enough to keep them level, and they've been pitching well enough to win the division. I believe that they can eventually win the division because the AL Century, I'm sorry, the AL Central is up for grabs it's mainly up to who's going to take it
1: yeah um it is it is a very interesting uh division obviously the guardians the team is playing well i want to bring up something real quick guardians mm-hmm. are the team i want to talk about okay you know, terry francona has had like one season under 500 since 2004 Really? guys an absolute beast one, one of the most underrated managers in all of baseball but uh just just a a, a slight topic there a slight little note um to, to think about something to think about uh when it comes to Tito Frank, Frank Coda. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to talk about Tito's old team, the the Boston Red Sox. I mean, not Ooh. a lot of, I mean, you look at the Boston Red Sox and maybe they're not a surprise team by any means. I thought everybody at the beginning of the season was on board of the Toronto Blue Jays hype train. You look at a Red Sox yep. team that trades away, uh, Hunter Renfro, who was a big offensive piece for them last year. They bring in Jackie Bradley Jr., who probably shouldn't even be playing in A; should be in Double A. Um, I mean, he's just, he can't hit the ball. He's a great defender. Who cares? Um, But you look at the Red Sox, they lead all of baseball and team batting average at 261. They're ERA's top five, uh, 357 in that department. And and you thought about this team going into the year. You don't have Chris Sale coming in, right? Obviously Mm -hmm. he's been banged up since he's for a very long time. Seems like since Mm -hmm. the world series, we haven't seen Chris Sale, but um, you know, you lose Chris Sale, Native Voldi gets a little bit older. You you lose uh, Eduardo Rodriguez in free agency, and you're I thought that about was about this big loss. Yeah, it was a big loss. And then mm-hmm. you're thinking, wow, well, that guy is not even playing ball right now. Yeah. But uh, you look at Nick Pivetta. You thought maybe he was a surprise year. You don't know what you're getting. The Red Sox are getting pitching. They got a nice kid, in Brian Bello, making his MLB debut on Wednesday. Uh, they're they're a pretty solid team. Uh, Xander Bogarts in a potential contract year if he decides to not opt in. Uh, yeah. his, and Raphael Devers had an MVP year as well. I mean, this team is playing great baseball and, uh, I think they're a little bit of a surprise. I think a lot mm-hmm. of people still believed in Tampa. Uh, maybe some still had the Yankees above them going in to start the year. Yankees obviously dominating that division, but Boston's holding their
0: own. Yeah, I think I agree. You know, their lineup, their lineup is very, very good. They got hitters. They got hitters all around that lineup. The only thing that troubles me is their pitching. I wonder if they'll be able to to hold their ground, um, you know, throughout the rest of the season. I think if I am the Red Sox and they currently are in a wild card position, if they want to go all in here, because you know, if you think about it, if they wanted to, is JD in a contract here? I think he is. I'm not sure. I can check on it, but you keep going. JD, I don't know if Evaldi is, uh, but they got some guys who they, you know, before the season. A lot of people were talking about, oh, we could probably get some pieces back for them if if the Red Sox aren't in the position uh, for a playoff run here, but they are, and i I've been really impressed by how they've been playing. The only thing that worries me is their pitching. I don't know if they will be able to sustain what they have been doing, Uh, especially you know, let's say you know, hopefully when they get Sale back, uh, they'll be able to you know help that rotation some more. Uh, but I believe at at the deadline they got to get some they got to get some pitching if they wanna if they wanna make a push here
1: that or or have their kids pitch I mean the Wachowski kids came up yeah. pretty well um, mm-hmm. I mean Brian Bellows like I mentioned is making his MLB debut I do think they need more experienced pitching especially getting the postseason time yeah they're gonna be, sure. be a wild card team the AL is trash outside the East. Um, I don't know what's happening to the Mariners. I don't know what happened to the Angels. Chicago White We talked yeah. about them last episode, if you want to talk about them. But did check on J.D. Martinez. You're right. He is, he is up uh, unrestricted free agent after this okay. year. Okay.
0: Man. Well, speaking of teams that have been playing well, let's talk about some rookies that have been playing well. And somebody definitely on my radar. I've been a huge fan of this guy Uh, you know, going up through the ranks in the minors. Julio Rodriguez, he had a very slow start to the year, uh, but man, he has really turned it on lately. He has 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases in 81 games. That is the fastest to ever reach that. He's the fastest player to ever reach that. He has an OPS plus of 139. Uh, He is 15th in hits as a rookie. Which I think is pretty impressive. Uh, and then just to get a, some, just, just to get uh, a little analytical here, he is fourth in exit velocity average among all center fielders. The guy has amazing potential. I love what he is doing right now for the Mariners. He's giving them a nice, huge spark. Like I said, I was a huge fan of him. Uh, you know, going up through the minors. And I love are, Rodriguez, man. He's just the fresh of breath air for the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's
1: been fantastic. I mean, there's no other word to describe how he's been this year. I think he's definitely someone that you look at and say, hey, he was big, he was big league ready. The Mariners believe that, made him a, a number one, made him opening day, made the opening day roster for them. I mean, and that speed something that I sort of overlooked. Yeah. yeah, he's got 20 plus bags and it's, yeah. I mean, He could have a 40-40 year in his rookie season. Like, holy Toledo. That would be insane if he could find a way to pull that off. But uh, Julio's been getting it done. And, you know, I want to bring up an underrated name. And maybe you've heard him because he he had a big game. Maybe that's where you hear him from. But I think one of the nice little young pieces um, right now to a potential core in Pittsburgh is Jack Sawinski. Jack Sawinski, an outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm not saying this guy's a superstar. I'm not saying he's an all-star by any means. I'm just saying, you're talking about rookies that are playing well. He's got 13 home runs. That's, that's it that leads national league rookies. Uh, he's been swinging the bat pretty well. He had that three homer game. Um, his batting average is kind of low, but I mean, the guy gets on base. He, he has two stolen bases. He's got 23
0: RBIs. And
1: I think Jack Winski just a nice little ball player that you look at and he, he could potentially have a future in Pittsburgh.
0: Mm-hmm. He hit, I mean, he hit two home, he had a two run shot tonight against the Yankees. Yep. So you're, you're right on with that. Uh, um, what do you think about, uh, obviously, the top prospect coming into this year, Adley Rushman, um, was off to a little bit of a slow start, had a very hot hot week, I would say, um, a few weeks ago, but, but what's your take on, on Adley Rushman? I don't care if people want to bash me, Abraham. I'll be
1: honest here. I do not care if people want to scream at me through the phone, through the whatever they're listening on, whether you pull out the R64 or whatever the radio device, whatever you got. I don't care what you're watching, listening, whatever. If you're reading this, wh- who knows? I don't know what's going on. We need to stop. And I I, I don't care. This guy might be a great ball player. That's okay. I, I will eat my own words if he is. We got to stop overhyping catching prospects, Abe it happens every single year. Everyone's, uh, I mean, I'm not going to throw Joey Bart under the bus because he's been in the league. I mean, he's still very young and he's still, he's, but he's been a top prospect for quite some time. He got a shot in 20, albeit COVID year. I'll give him that right. 21 buster comes back. I'll give him that this year. He had a shot. Well, now he's playing in uh, uh he's playing in triple a Sacramento. So uh, when, when the minor league fans show up and sell out a fourth of July, it'll be the biggest audience he plays for because I mean, look at it. Let's face it there. (laughs) Francisco Mejia was a top-rated prospect. What happened to him? Blake Swihart was a top-rated prospect. What happened to him? Alex Jackson was a top-rated prospect. What happened to him? Remember Chance Sisko? What happened to him? Remember Zach Collins? These were all supposed to be big-name guys. All these catchers that everyone's like, Oh, here they come. You got to wait till they get there. Catching is one of the hardest positions to play and to be a, a starter at in the MLB you got to focus on controlling the pitching staff, blocking, throwing out runners, calling in the game, and provide offensively. And you have to develop as you go up the stages into the game of baseball. And sometimes it takes catchers a very long time to get going. Some guys, it takes them, uh, you could just go to it naturally. Wilson Contreras was one of those, just got there naturally. But it took uh, Travis Darnold a little bit, had a little bit of success with New York, battled a little bit, found his way back, and now he's a great, great catcher in the league. I'm just saying we need to pump the brakes on these catching prospects because not all of them pan out. And Miguel Amaya was a top-rated prospect for a long time with the Cubs. I know he had Tommy John surgery; that's big time too. His offensive numbers aren't great, and we got to start stop overhyping these guys until we really say, "Hey, they're going to be a potential future star or
0: a future superstar in this league." Mm, That is a that's that is definitely an interesting take. So, what do you think about so your boy Henry Davis? for the pirates. You don't think he's going to pan out. I'm it's not that he I don't think
1: he's going to pan out. It's just it's one of those again. It's it's I it's an over it's a weird position to gauge. I I can't if let's 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 put it in this perspective. If I'm a GM and I'm trying to trade for a, a trade for a prospect, I'm not going for a catcher. I'm not because that has a bigger chance to miss than any other prospect you get. Shortstops athletic, they can play defense, you're getting that on a nightly basis. And maybe you're getting that with a catcher, but you're not getting a. You don't. You can get by with the shortstop hits 250. You can get by so what the Yankees are doing with Tyner Falefa. You can get by if someone just plays plays great defense and hits. If your catcher's hitting 190, you got yourself an Austin Hedges who hits 10 bombs and calls a good game. I mean, that's really nothing. I don't think it brings hardly any value to your ball club, and that's not someone you want to get in a trade. I don't. I mean, maybe he has a good career. Maybe Henry Davis has that good career. But once again, man, I mean, it's just—it's a
0: position that always gets overhyped. I think, I think there is something to that because I believe a lot of teams they value their catcher. They want their catcher to be very defensively sound. They would rather have his defensive metrics and what he can provide to a team defensively to a pitching staff. Uh, you know, holding runners, throwing guys out, opposed to having that bet like a lot of teams will sacrifice the bat for their defense that like you said that's what the Yankees are doing with Trevino you know he's not the best hitter, but boy he's a he's a really good defender and a lot of teams you know now thinking about it who are the there's not a lot of you know outstanding hitting catchers in baseball yep. not like it used to be
1: yeah they I mean, the Alejandro Kirk the Contreras brothers uh yeah. um, there's just I not mean- a lot yeah, it, it doesn't. It, there's not. There's not a lot. And I mean, Yasmani Grandal is getting it done for a while. He's been injured. James yeah. McCann had a good year. Like you, most of the time with catchers, you only get two to three, two to four years of good play, if if mm-hmm. anything from them. And that's, it's a tough. That's why it's a tough position to gauge. Maybe you do get yeah, one of those two tough. good years, and then they fall off. You're not getting a a, a
0: Buster Poseys. Don't come around very often. Or Joe Mauer's. They don't come around very often. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so earlier we talked, about, um, we talked about some trade. We talked about the trading deadline, and obviously that's coming up soon. And Dylan, do you have any trade scenarios you could see happening or some trade scenarios you would like to see? I do, and I, I look at a team that I mentioned earlier,
1: actually both teams that I mentioned earlier, and I'm looking at it right now. I see a team that needs pitching. You mentioned the Boston Red Sox, right? Mm -hmm. And I saw a guy who pitched pretty damn well tonight against the New York Yankees. I want to see Jose Quintana go to the Boston Mm -hmm. Red Sox. I think that replaces that left-handed arm they lost in the offseason with Eduardo Rodriguez. It gives them another veteran in their staff. Um, Not saying that you need to give up uh, Mr. Eloy Jimenez or Dylan Cease. (laughs) Good job, yo. (laughs) <laughs> um, but you know you can also I mean you could you could get him fairly cheap. Uh, he's he's cost controllable. It could also be a move the Rays make if they want to add to their pitching staff uh, because he is what making three million dollars this year is not much for Jose Quintana for what he's bringing to your team on a one year contract. That that's a team that almost anybody in baseball that's a contract anybody could buy, and I think that's definitely something to look forward to. Uh, the Red Sox have a loaded farm system with second baseman and shortstops oh, okay. galore. I know Bogart's on his way out. But you still got Marcelo Meyer. you still got Jeter down shortstop mm-hmm. depth for days. Nick York, a top prospect in their system Tristan as Cassis. well. Tristan Cassis, but uh, blaze Jordan. Uh, oh, you yeah. already, I mean, it, it, their, their infield depth is insane. So I think not, they won't part ways with one of those for Quintana, but maybe somewhere down the line, um, down down towards the bottom of the list maybe you can part ways with a first baseman or someone of that a Nico Cavadas at a Notre Dame or someone like that um that you could trade for Jose Quintana maybe get you over that hump into the postseason
0: yeah I could see what about I had him on my list I didn't really have this guy like what team but I had him on my list of possible trade possibilities Chad Cool out of Colorado yeah, that would be somebody oh, who could, could eat some yeah. innings. You know, he's having he's not having a, a bad year. At ERA of 3.83, whip of 1.3. I mean, if you want a guy who has hey who has experience, you know, can eat some innings, can come and fill in, uh, you know, I think I think that would be a great addition for the Red Sox.
1: Yeah, I think uh just bringing some yeah, I mean, Chad Cools definitely one. Uh, they're they're going to they're going to get a pitcher for sure. I mm-hmm. don't think it would be someone like a Kyle Hendricks, especially in that division. Um, nah, that's I don't know what, what kind of value he would provide right now, too. I mean, it seems like he's had a pretty bad year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, once again, that's, that's a pitcher that doesn't care about the moment, and he just has that same face on that he's had yeah. for a yeah. year. I mean, he hasn't changed his face in,
0: in eight years, so I don't think he'll change it wherever mm-hmm. he goes. So no moment's too big for him. Yeah, for me, my trade, the trade that I really want to see happen I want to see Andrew Benatendi to the Yankees. Obviously, Joey Gallo's not doing it for him for the Yankees. He, I believe, he just he needs a change of scenery. I don't know if Yankee being in Yankee Stadium is too much pressure for him, uh, but he's just not cutting it. And I believe if the Yankees really want to get to a place where they want to go to, they gotta have they gotta have it at least an average outfielder at the plate, you know. And I believe Benatendi would be fantastic the Yankees have a lot of prospects to you know give them, we got Oswald Peraza Anthony Volpe. I believe they're going to part with one of those guys I would prefer it to be Oswald Oswald Peraza yes in a
1: Ben deal you're giving up Peraza in a in a Andrew
0: Benintendi deal get out look, of town look I don't know if look I don't know if the the Yes, I would do it. For outfield, for Andrew Andrew Benintendi, I would do it. I don't think you can I
1: don't I think that's definitely too steep. Maybe an Alexander Vargas. Um yeah, I mean Peraza and Volpe, that's one of your top two prospects. You're yes. getting Benintendi. That's I mean that's I'm not all.
0: saying I'm not saying they have to part. I'm just saying like we have those we have a load yeah, of prospects for for uh, the Royals, I'm not saying I want to part with a away for those guys, but we got Luis Hill, uh, Estevan Florial. Uh, we got some yeah, guys Esteban in the minor. Yeah, see, That's like we five now. Isn't he? Yeah, like we have some guys there who could we could definitely throw in a deal to get Benettendi without it. Like out. a Brandon Lockridge in this deal, a nice guy
1: in their in yeah. the, in the system, an outfielder. Um, I mean, they don't need a shortstop. They got Bobby Witt. They got uh, at Albert right, right, right. They got Nicky Lopez. They're, their infield's pretty set. I think maybe an outfielder or a pitcher there to Kansas City would make sense too. Mm-hmm. Yep, but I um, like
0: Benatendi yeah. to the Yankees. Yes, I believe that'd be a great addition. Uh, not a guy who's not going to strike out a whole bunch. He can use that short porch and and right. I think that'd be a great addition. Okay, final topic of the day. So there's been a lot of a lot of talk and heat about this uh, over the past few weeks as Chapman was recovering from injury, but Chapman's Chapman's back. He's coming back soon. Just had a rehab assignment, and Fish there's tonight. a lot of, and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about who should be the Yankees closer. Who should it be? Should the Yankees closer be Aroldis Chapman or Clay Holmes? It's easy. It's easy.
1: It's easy. The answer is Aroldis Chapman. The answer is Aroldis Chapman, and I know Yankees fans right now, including yourself, have PTSD of those hanging sliders that have been bamboozled over the wall, and that smiling face that uh, you know as he walks off the mound. It mountain affected you too. Just yeah. in that, yeah. Hey, I, I mean that's right. I'll get to that, later. Right. Did, get to that later. game seven of the World Series. I will series. get to I'll, that later. Yeah. Yeah. But go uh, ahead. But I mean, Aroldis Chapman is a guy, right? That. I mean, ego aside, I don't think he has a big ego. I don't think he's a guy that it would definitely, he wouldn't be upset um, if he took that eighth inning role, but it could mess with him mentally. And that's where I think Clay Holmes, he wasn't a closer for long. Like I think that guy is a future closer. Like he's he's a 40 save guy for the next five, six years. That might be a stretch. Relievers have a short (laughs) shelf life but I, I think Clay Holmes can get it done, right? I think he can. You can move him around. And I heard this point on MLB network a few weeks ago. I don't want to say credit for it. So I want to at least shout out the network for bringing this point up. Saw what the Brewers did a few years ago. Clearly Corey Knievel wasn't the better reliever. They still used Josh Hader in those high leverage 8th inning situations and got what he got there. And you still had Corey Knievel closing out ball games. It worked for them. They got to the NLCS and they did pretty good. You look at the, the, the um, New York Yankees here. If you were, you got two dominant pieces in that bullpen right now. Aroldis Chapman, who threw 102 uh, tonight, he's his first inning coming out of the out of the um, bullpen tonight, he, made, he returned. He threw a perfect inning, topped hit 102, and he pitched pretty well. He pitched a scoreless eighth in a 5-2 trailing game. So I think with him, it's those high leverage situations. You cannot put him in the eighth inning. You put him in the eighth inning say he gets shelled say he gets knocked around and it doesn't work out for him right clay holmes will still hold it down in the ninth but if if you can't get that in chapman pitches better in the ninth chapman pitching better in the ninth i mean it could derail him forever you put him in, in the eighth okay so final point here if you pitch chapman in the eighth inning right you say okay. all right clay holmes is our closer if you're saying clay holmes is our closer yeah. and you're putting chapman in the eighth inning that I mean, it it could work. It could work. But if that does not work for for Aldous Chapman, he he could be lost. He could be lost out there saying, oh, crap, his ERA is north of five now. He's not getting that same. He's a guy that feeds off energy. I'm coming in. I'm striking you out, right? I'm bumping 102 by you. I'm closing the door. We're getting out of here with a W. If he does that in the eighth inning, I don't think that that will play with him as much as it will with Clay Holmes, who's already been in that role this year. I mean, you just look what the White Sox did when they brought over Craig Kimbrell. They tried playing with his role. The guy uh-huh. hasn't been the same. He was a dominant closer with the Cubs. I mean, heck, they traded Nick Magical for him. He was pitching very well. And since moving into the eighth, it's shat the bet on his entire career. I don't think that can happen to Heraldus Chapman. You've got to keep him in the ninth and keep trusting him. You got a forty game, you're over forty over five hundred damn near.
0: At least stick him there and see if he fails or not. Yeah, I mean, I agree. When when Chap, when Chapman is on, he's on, and he's one of the most untouchable relievers in all of baseball. Well, but when he is off, he is so bad. It's so bad they send him to the IL. That's how bad it gets with him. And with saying that, Clay Holmes should be the closer without a doubt. He is probably the best pitcher on this team, and he's probably one of the best relievers in all of baseball, if not the best relievers in all of baseball. There is no anxiety when Clay Holmes is in the game. I trust Clay Holmes. I do not trust Aroldis Chapman in the ninth inning. Let's remember, he cannot hold runners on. He gets inside of his own head. He has mental meltdowns in the ninth many times. There are so many times where he walks the leadoff batter in the ninth and that guy automatically gets on second base because he cannot hold runners on. Chapman is known for blowing the big games. He's known for blowing games. He blew Game Seven in 2016 World Series, obviously. Rajay Davis, 2019 ALCS. Jose Altuve sends the Astros to the World Series off a Rollis of Chapman. There are so many times when he is in the game, it feels like an emotional roller coaster, and you should not feel that way with your closer. You should be in complete peace when your closer is in the game, and you don't. You do not get that with Chapman. That's why I want Clay Holmes. He just pounds that sinker in. He pounds it, pounds that sinker. It's al- Because of that, it's almost impossible for batters to hit home runs off of him. And I know you mentioned ego. Listen here, Chapman. You're 34 years old. You cannot be the closer of a baseball team forever. And you are finally playing on the best team you've ever played on since that 2016 team. Like the words of Billy Bean. Adapt or die, man. Adapt or die. And I think he will know what's best for this team is Clay Holmes in the ninth. Come October time, you're right. You know, there's plenty of time left. There's plenty of time left here. They're, you know, 14 games ahead in the division. Uh, so you can mess around with some things. But come October time, Clay Holmes has to be the closer for the New York Yankees.
1: See, I I hear your point. I get the holding a runner on situation and what, what he can bring in the ninth mm-hmm. inning and, and that factor. What if he blows the game in the eighth? You're still gonna be pissed. You're not even gonna get to Clay Holmes. Getting your chance at getting setting yourself up. You got the sinker baller. They're two different types of relievers. Yep. I admire that, right? You got the funk, the, the the slide, the net, the sink, the cut, whatever the hell you got from Clay Holmes. That dude's mm-hmm. sick. He brings that to you in the eighth, then you get the smoke in the ninth from the left side. But that, Clay that Holmes has dominant. smoke too.
0: Clay Holmes yeah, he has, has smoke smokes.
1: too. That's fine, but his is more start and dive. Chapman's is more, I'm blowing this mf or by it, and he usually does. So yeah, okay. I, I think that makes more sense to have him in the ninth. You cannot put – I'm not saying, should, should Clay Holmes be the closer? Yeah, yeah he's earned it. Yeah. Will he? There isn't a chance. Now, I, I, think, I think there's
0: no chance that he has the ninth inning. I think it's Chapman for here on out. I think we agree on some terms about this. On high leverage moments, situations, we want Clay Holmes in there. Right. Like, for example, we're fa- Yankees facing the Red Sox, Uh, Bogarts, Devers. That's why he can't be the closer. Bogarts, Devers, J.D. up in the lineup in the eighth inning. I don't want Chapman seeing those guys. I want Clay Holmes. So I understand in some situations. But you but, can't play teeter-totter with the role of Chapman because he's I, been used to saying, know, let me I eat know. my hot dogs in the third inning Buddy, and let me get the ball in the ninth. I get it. I get it, man. But he, he's going to have – I think he needs not to relief, realize man.
1: he knows he gets the ninth. He needs... if, if, if the Yankees are losing four to one and it's the fourth inning, he's texting all of his girls. He's ready. He's not getting
0: in the ball game. I gotta have Clay Holmes in there, man. Ninth inning. Th- ninth just... inning. Okay, so so what... what you're saying is you will you're telling me play... you don't time. feel you anxious facing
1: the heart of the order in the eighth.
0: No, I don't. I don't. OK, so, if that, if so that is so since
1: you made Clay Holmes your closer earlier in the year and yeah. destroyed Chapman in the eighth to begin with, you're then in the know. postseason going to say, oh, Clay Holmes, here you go. Go get out Devers and all them in the eighth. So we have Chapman who's been mentally blocked for the last Listen. two months of the season to go face the ninth inning yeah, and yeah, close yeah. the game again.
0: Honestly, I'm. I'm kinda out on Chapman. Like, seriously. What I would do if I was the manager of the Yankees, if I was Aaron Boone, I would have if there's a high leverage situation in the eighth, put in Clay Holmes, ninth inning, go to Michael King. That's that's essentially Two what I would do. Ballers. I don't that's, like that. I don't care. They've done it before. King can shut it down within in high leverage moments so too. Now you wanna so so now you wanna make Michael King the closer. He wasn't even brought I'm up in the discussion. This is what I'm saying. I know he wasn't brought up in the discussion. I just threw this in. But, like, you're right. Chapman, It's he's he's been used to being the closer. But like I said, man, there's going to be some point in day you can no longer be the closer. And we're getting closer and closer to that day. I know he doesn't want to hear it. Like, you know, uh, Michael King, Clay Holmes, they can step in. or Whatever role they need, wherever you need them, they can step in and do it but I am at peace with Clay Holmes there. Yeah, I think everybody is, but he can't pitch every inning once the starter goes out. I know, I know, I know. Well, we would love to hear what you guys think on that discussion. Who would you rather have there in that spot, Clay Holmes, or Aroldis Chapman? Uh, We covered a lot today. Um, We'd love to hear your feedback on the show. Love you guys. Also, follow follow us on all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube we appreciate all the support um and we'll be back next week. Uh I think next week we probably want to do a um like a mid-season award show. mid season awards. I think that I think that'd be good. So come back tune in for that. Uh thank you guys for everybody listening for those on YouTube that are watching. Really appreciate it. See you next week.